You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. 28.5 for that third split and first into the straight as sure thing captain. Looks like the Irishman might have broke gear. It's galloping back in the field. Sure thing captain led on the outside model. Barno comes with a run. In between runners sticking on as Rocker Coco. But he gives it a little bit of rain now and sure thing captain dashes. It leads by five or six metres. Second model Barno. Rocker Coco is going to come again in fact and grab second. But Sure thing, Captain, much too good. Beats a very brave rocker, Coco. Really exciting horse for Queensland. There's no doubt about that. Sure thing, Captain. And, Chris, what we did see on Saturday night is good gate speed and still looks very green and raw, and that's the whole exciting thing about it. How much has this horse got it, got it you know, up the sleeve, so to speak? Sure yeah, thing, absolutely, Captain. Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, you've got to keep in mind when you assess sure thing, Captain, this horse was only educating and trialling in December. We're now at the end of January, and he's already a Group 2 winner off four starts. He could easily be unbeaten. Some will say he probably should have won on debut. But at the end of the day, he's now won three straight races, including a Group 2 feature. Yeah, he looked green. He looked a little lost on that big track. But that's to be expected. He'll be a lot better out of that run. And now it's going to get a lot harder because they're going to obviously target the New South Wales Derby. And that's going to bring together some of the best three-year-olds in the land. So it won't get any easier but still, there's a lot of upside to consider with Sure Thing, Captain. Yeah, it was a painless watch. Anyone who backed him at the short odds the other night, a dollar thirty-five. Well, David Brick uh, from Racing Queensland, one of our special guests this morning. Thanks to Garrards, and he's with us, Chris. David, good morning. Good day, Chris. Good day, Steve. Morning, listeners. Hi, David. Nice result for Queensland there with Sure Thing, Captain, taking the Simpson Memorial. Yeah, great to see. Uh, you know. Uh, Trainers continue to do a great job nationally. Uh, we saw last year a number of them and uh, continue well this year. So should uh, point towards good things ahead. Yep, absolutely. I wanted to get you on this morning, David, because following the announcement that was made last week, the trotters are t- really stepping up. They're going to take a lot more uh, uh, involvement in this year's constellations, which is fast approaching. As I just mentioned, we're about to go into February. So the constellations rolls around in July. Racing Queensland announced a new race last week, the Great Square. Just for our listeners, can you just outline the details around this new race? Yeah, Chris, as part of our ongoing investment in the trotters, we're sort of starting to see now where we can invest some money in features. Uh, And one of the bits of feedback we got following last year's constellation was how can we provide better for the trotters, and particularly at that juvenile uh, level. So... The, uh, the race, and I guess we were able to, to uh, I guess, mimic somewhat off our, our the, the pacing feature, the Rising Sun, which is conditioned very similarly for the paces for three- and four-year-olds, uh, where three-year-olds get a lift through the barrier and also um, have the opportunity to win a, a bonus should they uh, should they win the race. So we thought that was a, a fairly good uh, way of going. You know, we, we've had some success with the, the Rising Sun, so we... Uh, we're keen to give it a go with the Great Square and with some really good feedback we received from participants finally last year. So we're looking forward to this year's event and um, it coincides with, you know, a, a growth certainly in the juvenile trotters here in Queensland. So while we expect some interest from interstate, uh, we don't think they'll get it all their own way. We think some locals will uh, have a fair crack at it. 
Yeah. So this race for three and four-year-old trotters, they're chasing $75,000. But if a three-year-old happens to win, there's a bonus of $25,000. Yeah, that's right. Correct. Uh, so it's a similar format to, to what the Rising Sun was. Um, you know, it's a group one level. Uh, you know, there's very few uh, similar races or particularly for four-year-olds for trotting features. Uh, Australia-wide, so you know we think it should be a focus really for those top-line four-year-olds and also three-year-olds, and, and part of the program as well to entice some of those three-year-olds up. As we've also added an Oaks and Trotters Oaks and Derby to the carnival as well, so there's um, something for them. And obviously for the four-year-olds, um, they can graduate to a couple of the other feature trots through the through the carnival, including including the uh, Queensland Cup, which is now hundred thousand. Well, that's interesting because. The Queensland Cup, now part of the Trotting Masters, the HRA Trotting Masters series, $100,000 for the Queensland Trotters Cup. You're also introducing a Trotters Oaks, a Trotters Derby. They're $30,000 features, respectively. And now you've got the Great Square. There's plenty on offer for the Trotters during the carnival. Yeah, we think so. And I think um, we know one thing uh, from last year, which has been a little bit of area of focus as well, will be this year, is um, and I know we've discussed around that uh, two years ago we had a really good involvement from the, the Kiwis and last year not so much so we think the trotting features will also be something that they may t target as well so we that, that was an, another thing in the back of their minds that adding some better trotting opportunities could entice some of those uh, Kiwi participants over um, you know if they bring a, a pacer or tr um, they can also bring a couple of their good trotters as well so um, yeah it's sort of certainly been a focus to, to target that, um, that trotting uh, gate uh, and, uh, and has been a focus for Racing Queensland for, for a number of years now. Um, we've seen good growth from the point of view of two- and three-year-old trotters, and, and we can see that as part of the Sunshine Stars yearling sale this year, that now there's a significant increase in the trotters available at that sale as well. So our breeders have jumped on board, and, and, and likewise our participants. Uh, so uh, we're looking to continue and invest in that game. Do you take credit for the naming of the new race, the Great Square? I like it. Uh, I've got to give that to Brett Rail. Uh, we did have another name, a couple other names, sort of um, on the whiteboard. But um, yeah, he sort of said, "Well, are there any constellations that you know have a square or something in it?" And when we went and had a bit of a look, we found um, the square of Pegasus. So we thought it was a fairly good link to that constellation, and um, obviously a good link back to the uh, the square gator. Yeah, yeah, I think it works, no doubt about that. Uh, and just the uh, early stages, uh, the feedback, in particular from the southern states, uh, it looks like it's fairly strong. There's a lot of positivity out there about this new race for the trotters. Yeah, certainly we've had a few trainers reach out on that front already. Um, and, you know, we've, we've only just started to roll out the the key pillars of the carnival. So we'll have a couple of other announcements over the coming weeks. And then within sort of the next fortnight, have our schedule available, which we can distribute uh, widely and, and locally. So people are aware where they slot in. But at this stage, the, the Great Square, we're intending to run that on the same night as the Rising Sun. So it'll you know, link the two three and four year old features together, which uh, we think is a good link. Uh, but yeah, it's keen, keen to get that Constellations guide out so trainers can start looking ahead. We've got obviously the Victorian Carnival at the moment, New South Wales, Miracle Mile Carnival on the horizon, and then trainers no doubt will be looking for their next step. So we're keen to get that information out so they can start planning. Is it fair to say, David, that there's more good news forthcoming? Uh, that there's going to be more announcements, feature announcements in, in the coming weeks? 
Yeah, that's certainly the case. Uh, we've yet to announce how we're going to utilise our slot in the Eureka, so that'll be out shortly, but uh, the intention of that is to have a qualification race which we run during the carnival. Um, so we'll uh, have that out shortly and looking forward to get that out so participants are aware what they need to target with regard to that. Um, and then we've got some other announcements following that just with some existing races and, and increases to those. But uh, certainly in, in the next fortnight, we're looking to get that information out um, in conjunction with releasing the schedule. Okay, well, plenty of uh, good news forthcoming for uh, participants here in Queensland and beyond. I've got to ask about Norwell, and I'm sure Steve's got a million questions that he wants to ask about Norwell, but how are plans progressing at this point? Yeah, look, so we've um, started moving primarily from that perspective, the, the consultation phase is the, is the next one we've got to move through. Uh, obviously, with regard to alignment with government, uh, we need to go through a, a due process in that regard. And, and um, it's also critical in terms of making sure that what we develop there is, is right. And um, so we've, we've started that. We've had a number of site visits already undertaken at other venues um, that we know have been, been built in, in recent times. Um, we'll soon go over and have a look at the new stabling contact, uh, complex sorry, built at Pinjara, which um, we've had some really positive feedback on. So we're really keen to de develop um, you know, a really good body of work to, to make sure that we can bring that back um, and be able to have the discussion with the industry as to, you know, once we get down to the design phase, and that's really a critical element of the project that we need to be able to get right because um, it's all well and good to, to look good, but it needs to operate properly as well. So there's a significant amount of work that needs to be done in, in that regard. Uh, but uh, the consultation phase uh, is uh, soon to be uh, underway and uh, we look forward to involving and updating industry on that. Um, so, yeah, more, more information to come on that, but uh, certainly work, uh, work in progress. David, how big's the Pinjara track? Uh, it's 1,000 metres. I believe uh, the Pinjara track, or maybe slightly under, but yeah, about, around about a thousand. All right. Can we read into that? Um, to be honest, the the the, uh, the intent of going over to Pinjara is primarily to go and have a look at their stabling complex. They built a stable complex around about 18 months ago, two years ago. Uh, so that's probably the main focus of going over and having a look at that that facility, um, as I understand it, and, and the design that we've seen. Um, there's some parallels with the the, the uh, stabling complex at Menangle. So um, yeah, so I probably wouldn't read too much into the okay. size of the track. More so, they're um, keen to go and have a look at their stabling complex they built. It could cost about three million when they build it. So yeah, it'd be be good to see uh, how it operates. And just with the size of the track. Um is there a sort of, are we starting to focus in on, on one particular size or you're still very open to a lot of suggestions? Oh, look, we still, we certainly haven't you know, penciled a, a size of the track in. There's obviously going to be varying views on that. Um, so that, that'll still form part of the consultation process and will also form part of, I guess, the design phase. So, you know, for example, if you were to build an excise track, but there was a belief that in the future a, a larger size track would be needed or could be needed, then you'd factor that into to any of that design and, and what maybe you may put on, on the land in, um, to be able to, as part of your future master plan. So uh, I think that's sort of the, the discussion that we need to go through and work with industry on. So um, as we're planning the site, it's a big site. Um, and at this point in time, it's unencumbered, which is great. So we can um, blank canvas. But at the same time, we want to, as best as possible for future as well, 
not put too many impediments in place should there be other decisions down the track that you know you may want to change or, or make slight um, changes to that. So that, that'll be all part of the master planning as to how we go um, through that. But no, certainly no set decision on track size at this stage. Um, I know you've done some polls and they've probably run about 80% to 1,000 metre track, um, but that's not to say that that's, uh, that's the only option. Okay, fair enough. Um, anything else, Steve? No, not at this stage. Um, I'll just wait for that, you know, more concrete information to come through, I suppose. Well, you're up the hook, Dave. That's it. <laughs> no worries. Thanks, Jim. Short and sharp. <laughs> I thought there was going to be more from Steve. But... No, well, I don't want to ask no. questions if David's just not sure of the answers just at this yeah. stage. Yeah. No, no, look, happy to come on and, and discuss once we get closer to that. But um, at this stage, you know, can't commit to anything. But I guess all I can say is certainly, um, you know, there'll be a significant... Uh, involvement with industry and consultation as part of that so people get the opportunity to have put their input forward. Excellent. Really appreciate the time. Uh, we'll we'll be in touch. Thanks, Jim. There's David Abrick joining us. So uh, interesting. So we've mm. just got to wait for a, a few of those uh, dates to be released and then we'll start uh, hearing more about the planning that's going to take shape. Hey, Steve, just in some other news, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we, we know we've got the uh, Carnival coming up, the Constellations, the Inter-Dominion at the back end of this year. I'm getting strong word from uh, Perth that one of their best open-class horses is headed to Queensland and he'll be based here, uh, obviously in readiness for both the Constellations and the Inter-Dominion at the end of the year. So, very talented horse, so watch this space, Steve, but uh, the mail seems right that... Uh, He's going to be headed our way across the Nullarbor and joining a, a very good stable here in Queensland. How's that Hunter Cup going to shape up for the weekend? When's the field out for that, Chris? Yeah, the field's out now. They released the field last night. Barrier draw took place this morning. And uh, it's very interesting, that barrier draw. Spirit of St. Louis landed the inside gate. Copy that's drawn out in gate six. Honolulu Bay, he's drawn the second row. Uh, so a couple of those uh, big runners Bearing quite well. Expensive Ego's got a second row draw. Old Town Road, he's drawn the outside of the second row. So that field is out and the market should be updated now with Tab. But uh, it's going to be a very interesting mm. race. Cranbon was made the emergency. Somewhat surprising that he missed out, given that he won the uh, Shepparton Cup two starts ago. And Catch Away, the star four-year-old for Andy Gath, he was overlooked as well. Didn't secure a start. So... Uh, some tough decisions were made about that, the final makeup of the field, but it's done now, it's out, and the barrier draw has taken place this morning, so it's mm. time to shine for a lot of these horses. Yeah, I know some have mentioned thought Catch a Wave should be in the race, but he, he doesn't run 27.60, does he, Chris? I wouldn't have thought so. I, I was surprised the, the hype around him trying to force him into that field, so um, I, I don't have a problem with him missing out. A lot of others do, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you've... You've got to pick the best field, the best open class performers, and uh, he's yet to prove himself at the open class. And some will say, you know, the counterclaim to that is that, you know, he's the X factor, unknown. He's going to bring that element of, of surprise to the race. But at the end of the day, you've got to go with the best. And, uh, you know, he probably just doesn't cut it at this stage. So he'll get his chance next year. Yeah, rock and roll do. He's just, um, he's an interesting one, isn't he? He sort of forms, appears to have tapered off. So... Anyway. He's a yo-yo, isn't he, Steve? Mm. He's up, he's down, he's, he's very hard to follow. When he's good, he's very, very good. But when he's off, um, he's right off. So he, he's the horse that you're just not sure how to assess going into Saturday night's Hunter Cup. So th there's a big question mark against his name. 
Last week, we played John Hunt's terrific broadcast of one of the WA Pacing Cups, Westburn Grant, which made us all think of this gentleman, our next guest on Mobile Rolling. Absolutely, Steve. So I want to introduce Vic Brass to the show today, and Vic joins us, and it's a very special day for Vic because he turns 82 years old today, Steve, and he's going as well as ever. Vic, good morning. Happy birthday. Yeah, thanks very much there, Chris. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm going okay, mate. I'm uh, the missus is taking me out for lunch today, so that's a that's a plus, mate. What are you going to have? What's your favourite meal? Um, what are the plans? BLT. All right. So something BLT, simple but mate. nice. I, I, I like them. Yeah. Mm. So what's the secret to your longevity? Well, if you would give me some advice to live to your age and be healthy, anything you can tell well, me, pass on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have worked uh, pretty hard on me by the life, yeah. so. Uh, I've never had much time to do much else, you know, like socialise or anything like that. I've always been working on the farm or working with a horse or shoeing one or planting a crop or something, you know. <laughs> so, I, and, and people tell me that if you keep active and fit and keep going, you probably live longer. Yeah, but you sound mentally sharp as well, Vic, not just physically fit. Yeah, yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm not. I haven't got bloody dementia or anything yet, mate. So <laughs> I, I suppose I can get that later on. But anyway, I'm going to try and hold that off as long as I can, anyway, mate. All right. Hey, Vic. I want to ask a couple of questions. We know you've been associated with some all-time champions of the harness coat. If I, I want to ask this question, what's the one horse that you would have loved to have driven that you didn't get to drive during your career? Oh, gee, mate, I've, I've never thought of that. Um, I've, I've, I've always, I've always had uh, a pretty nice horse in the in the barn, but uh, we haven't got one at, at this stage. But um, you know, I've always had a pretty good one. But you know, um, I mean, old Westburn Grant, when you when, when you've been driving him, mate, like you, you don't look at anyone, you, you don't say, <laughs> "Oh, I wish I had that one," because he was as good as the bloody best, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at his record the other night. You took him everywhere, Vic. He, he won feature races in Queensland, New South Wales, Canberra, Melbourne, Tasmania, South Australia, WA, and Christchurch, the South Island of New Zealand. What a yeah. true champion he was. Oh, absolutely, mate. Like, you know, horses like that spoil you. You know, you, you think, oh, wow, you know, this is... And, and, and every time I took him to the races... He won me $33,000. So when you when you look at the statistics, you think, God, how can a horse be that good, you know? And uh, But that's what he done, mate. He had those 67 starts for 30-odd um, sort of wins. And uh, I, worked out, I worked it out one day, and it was $33,000 every time I put him on the float to go to the races. So it's pretty mind-blowing, really. Yeah. What was the best victory that you and Scott uh, enjoyed together? Was it that first Miracle Mile where you just went absolutely electric off the arm with Thorite and Brian Hancock? Yeah, absolutely, mate, because that that was, uh, you know, burning around that first corner at, at uh, Harold Park. It, it's a bit downhill. It's a sharp turn. Um, and we were blistering. We got out of the gate in 20, 26 and something, you know, like... Like back in them days, it was unheard of a 26 border, you know. But that's still very fast today. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like, 
I'd like one or two to do that today, let alone back then. <laughs> and like you said, when you consider Harold Park was that really tight half-mile circuit, we're on these big tracks now, 1,000 metres or bigger, and we're still going around similar time. And this was back in, what, uh, 19... That would have been, what, 89 or 90? Yeah, 89 or 90, one of those years. He, he, he won a couple of them there. I want to ask about this horse as well, Lucky Creed. Um, yep. I've only been able yep. to see some vision of this horse, but how good was he? He won 24 races straight. He won the 1970 Miracle Mile. What was so special about Lucky Creed, Vic? Uh, tough. He was as tough as Buddy Nails, mate, you know. Um, he, 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 could, he could almost sprint for like three times in a race, you know. Uh, you could sort of he'd get out of the, the gate pretty good. Um, if you wanted to make a mid-race move, you could. You could go to the front if you were flushed out from back in the field. And then he could still kick home and, and, and hold them all off the end as well. So he, his, his stamina was his greatest attribute. Okay. Uh, I've got to ask. So you're out to lunch with your wife, Gail. Uh, how many are you working currently? What was that, Chris? How, how, what? how many are you and Gail working currently? Uh, nine at the moment. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're working nine horses, but um, uh, we feed about 20 plus of a morning with uh, brood mares and young horses, foals, you know, all that sort of stuff, because we've always got the brood mares going and, and the young ones coming through. So, yeah, we've always got those sort of going as well, like, you know. Okay, so you're still breeding a few? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We still breed a few, mate, and uh, we've been going to the top stallions, you know, this last few years. So we, we just hope we're going to get a really nice one one day. Uh, if we don't get it, well, it wasn't meant to be, but it'll be great if we can. It'll um, rejuvenate me a little bit. I mean, Gail's pretty keen all the time anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just the, the news, we are just talking with David Brick before, Norwell. Tell you what, that's going to cut down some travel time for you and Gail in time to come. Oh, geez, I, I might even go to the buddy races a bit more then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, that'll be that'll be the greatest thing for us. Like, you know, if we, we've only got to go to North because we're on the freeway all the way and, you know, we don't, we'll only get that bit of traffic going through the, the back of the Gold Coast and that. And But, um, yeah, we won't have to get through the city and, and go to Redcliffe, like, you know, you've got to go, through the city, the other side. It takes a long time to go up there all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Big, I just wanted to get you on. Uh, many happy returns today. Happy birthday. 82 years young, going as well as ever. Look forward to chatting again next year. Okay, then, Chris, and good luck. Good luck, mate, and thanks very much.